13, and we're going to start in verse 30, so if you want to go ahead and have that ready. All right, I'm excited. I'm always excited, but I'm super, super excited. Lynette, uh, we, we passed out uh, today to all, all of our, this is Volunteer Appreciation Week, right? And so just, I think that's right, but we, we passed out these Lucky Charms, Charm Bags uh, that says, man, we are lucky to have you, and uh, so we, cereal, cereal list, I can't even say it, cereal list, whatever, I don't know, anyways, it's, it's good stuff, all right, Lucky Charms is my favorite cereal ever, all right, I could sit, literally, I could eat a whole box of them in one setting, I'm not kidding, my wife, she can attest to that, I've done it before. Uh, and then felt really sick afterwards. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so thank you volunteers for everything that you do. You are awesome. We love you. Man, you guys, you guys rock. So well, let's pray and we'll get started. All right? Father God, we thank you so much for, man, the time we've had to just worship. We thank you for just being able to sing about how awesome and powerful and uh, mighty you are. And uh, we just pray now as we break open your word, God, it's you. Holy Spirit, we just continue to move in this place and that you would speak to us and you would convict and uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. That was the report from the 12 spies who explored the land of Canaan for 40 days in the Old Testament. The Israelites, God's chosen people, listened carefully to the report. The Israelites were camping on the banks of the Promised Land, a land that, was, uh, that God was wanting to give to Israel. Moses had sent 12 spies, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and to sneak into the land and kind of scope it out and to see what it was like. And, and the good news is, the good news was that the land was awesome. I mean, it was spectacular. It was incredible. The, the land was so fertile that they referred to it as a land flowing with milk and honey. Right? So if you'd have had your, your box of Cheerios, man, you'd have been in business, right? You'd have just poured it on the ground and you'd have had some milk and honey and Cheerios and it'd have been all good, right? It was awesome. That they said it was so awesome that the clumps of grapes, the clusters of grapes were so huge that two men had to carry it on a pole between them. That's how, that's how awesome the land was. It was, it was great. That was, the, that was the good news. The bad news was the people that lived there, man, they were very powerful and strong. The cities were fortified and they had giants, giants that lived there who were descendants of Anak, the Anak people. Now, you may not be familiar with those people, but if you know the story of David and Goliath, are you familiar with that in the story in the Bible? Well, Goliath was a descendant of the Anak people, and so they were giants. They were huge people. They were so huge that some of the spies even admitted that they felt like grasshoppers when they saw them. So immediately the Israelites began to fear and they began to complain. And in Numbers 13, verse 30, Caleb quiets the, the crowd down, he quiets the Israelites, and I imagine this scene like Braveheart, like this Mel Gibson scene where Caleb has got his face painted, he's riding through the camps, and he's giving this rah-rah speech, this motivational speech, and we can do this, and this is what he says. He says, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Then the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land. All night long, the people moaned and they groaned and they complained. They said, why didn't we stay in Egypt? Why didn't we stay in Egypt? We hadn't made it. Yeah, we may have been slaves, 
but at least we had a daily routine. We, at least we were fed. At least we were taken care of. At least we didn't have to worry about giants kidnapping our kids and abusing them or killing them. I mean, you know, what, what, what were they thinking? Our leaders have lost their minds. Let's choose new leaders. But Moses and Joshua and Caleb, in chapter 14, verse 5, they tried to persuade the people. And, and they said, man, the land we explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid. But the whole assembly talked about stoning the leaders. They said, we ain't having it. No, sir, no way. Now, I want you to imagine for a second that you are there. I want you to imagine that you're one of the Israelites that day. How would you have reacted to this good news, bad news report? Now, think about this. You've witnessed the mighty, powerful acts of God. Man, you have seen the, 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 the ten plagues in Egypt. You've seen what God has done to Pharaoh and his people. You've witnessed the parting of the Red Sea. Can you imagine what that was like? Moses stretches out his staff and the sea parts down the middle. You witnessed that. You, you, you've seen how God has miraculously provided for you by sending manna down from the sky and, 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 and water coming out of rocks. You've seen all of these things. How would you have reacted to this good news, bad news report? See, God is wanting to move his people towards the promised land, a land that is fertile, a land that is flowing with milk and honey, and God has revealed himself in powerful ways, and yet there are those among them who all they can do is discourage the people from trusting in God. When I read the history of Israel, I wonder, man, what, what were they thinking? God rescued you from slavery. He, he led you out to the brink of ginormous opportunity. Yet you pulled back from it rather than stepping into it. They, they complained rather than trusting. They, they turned from their leaders rather than celebrating their courage and their God-sized vision to take them to the promised land. See, they were dying inside rather than living the dream that God had for them. And the Apostle Paul, in the First Testament, actually makes reference to this story to the Israelites. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, he says, Now these things, by the way, you know it's bad, man, whenever somebody in the New Testament references something bad in the Old Testament, right? Like if it's a good thing, you're like, yeah, it's good. Like Rahab, you know, she was... But, but this is not good, okay? So Paul says, Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. See, God is wanting his people to trust him. This morning I want you to know that I believe that God is moving in our midst. I believe that God is moving us toward an exciting times of ministry here at Chester Christian Church. If you're on our mailing list, uh, you have received uh, mail information with this Move uh, campaign, this Move logo, uh, name and sign. By the way, I hung that sign this past week. You want to know how I did it? I'm not going to tell you. Because <laughs> my wife is here and she'd kill me if she, if she knew. Because uh, I might have been killed, seriously. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> you, you've been receiving mail information about the Move campaign and about what we're doing. And, uh, and so for the next four weeks, what we want to do is, starting today for the next four weeks, we just want to share with you about this move campaign, about what we believe that God is doing, and we just want to share this God-sized vision with you that he has laid on our hearts and how you can be a part of making it happen too. Now, I want you to know, man, that, that God's passion, that his desire is to see people come to know him. John three sixteen, New Testament says, For God so loved the world 
Now, the world there, he's not talking about this big, round, earth planet. He's talking about people, you and me. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God's heart and his passion and his desire is to see people being rescued from their sin. Listen, every single person, the Bible says, every single person has sinned, which means you have fallen woefully short of God's holiness and his, and his righteousness. But that's okay because Jesus Christ came and he lived the perfect life that you and I could not live, and he died the sinner's death that you and I should have died, and he died it in our place, and he took our sins to the cross. That's the good news of the gospel. And God has come, and he has come down to the earth. He has came down in love, and he is pursuing you, and he is wanting to rescue you. That is God's desire. That is his passion. And I want you to know that our passion here, our vision, is to see lost people in Chester around the world come to know Jesus. Man, I would love to see people walk through these doors from all different backgrounds. Man, I don't care where they've been. I don't care what they've come from. I don't care what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with. I don't care what they did last night. I would love to see people come through these doors to find hope and wholeness in Jesus Christ. I want people to be able to walk through our doors, man, and I want them to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit because the presence is so great here that you feel it when you walk through the front doors. I want that, man. I want that so bad. I want, I want, to, feel, I want to see that. I want to... I want to continue to see what God is doing in the lives of people. I want to see people's lives change and transform by the power of the gospel. I want to see that. I want to see that more than anything else. Man, we want to wear this baptistry out over here. We want to wear it out. We want to fill this place up, man, where people can hear the message that God loves them and they can find a purpose and meaning in Jesus Christ. Do you realize that I think we said in one of our brochures that we sent out that there are like 300 and some thousand people in Chesterfield County alone? And Chester, the city of Chester here is, is, is huge. And, and do you realize that if, if every church in Chester was filled up, man, and I, I wish, I prayed someday that it is. I would love to see every church in Chester filled up. But do you realize that if every church in Chester was filled up, man, there would still be a ton of people that do not know Jesus? I mean, that, that's crazy. We got a lot, a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. So, the goal for the MOVE campaign is simple. The goal for the MOVE campaign is simple, is to reduce the current debt load on our facility. Now, I know that sounds super exciting to you guys, right? You guys are like, yes, reduce debt. That is awesome. No, no, not so much, right? I mean, I know you guys are just getting all geeked out about that, right? But, but, but let me tell you why that is exciting and why you can get excited about it, okay? You can get excited because, well, first, let me get some background, okay? Pull the train back for a second. Uh, last fall, CFR, Christian Financial Resources, um, they, they were able to refinance the loan on our building and lower our monthly mortgage payment. However, what that, what that means is that refinancing agreement was for Chester Christian to enter into a capital campaign to raise additional funds to lower the overall debt on our building. Now, CFR has set a goal for us to raise $350,000 over the next two years. The exciting part is, is that every single dollar that is given towards the MOVE campaign will be used to reduce the debt. Which means, if we reach our goal of $350,000, that would bring our current debt load of $2 million down to $1.65,000. Right? That's, which in turn lowers our monthly payment even more. So the money that is freed up translates into monthly money that we can use for ministry to reach people with the gospel. I want you to imagine for, for a second just the opportunities that are there. 
The opportunities to, to minister to families and to single moms and the dads and children around our community and impacting them for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, it's a tall order. I know that. But with God's help, I believe we can accomplish it. And I think there are some things that we can learn from the Israelites uh, this morning that will help us. And I think first we need to, to learn to focus on the vision rather than the obstacles. Focus on the vic- vision rather than the obstacles. See, victory was in their grasp. But yet they had lost sight of the vision because all they could see were their obstacles. Now that's understandable because these obstacles that they were facing seemed insurmountable. I mean, they seemed like, man, how are we going to be able to do They, they were in slavery for 430 years. 430 years, man, same thing every single day. Wake up, make bricks, go to bed. I mean, that's all they knew. They didn't know anything about hand-to-hand combat. That's all they knew. And now they were faced with the idea of having to go up against giants and a fortified city. It terrified them, and they lost sight of the vision. They lost focus, and they focused on the obstacles instead. So they didn't get a pre-released copy of the Old Testament to discover that, work, that it worked out exactly as Joshua and Moses and Caleb said it would. They were content to live in the past rather than step out in faith and move forward to God's preferred future for them. Now this church has always been marked by people who have stepped out in faith to move forward and to do what it needs to, be, to, to do, uh, to, to not live in the past. It started in 1975. 1975, two years before I was born. Right, a group of people from Hopewell, Virginia, Tri-Cities Church of Christ, uh, decided to step out in faith to plant a church right here in the heart of Chester because they saw a real need, and they had a heart for the people of Chester. They had a real concern for the people of Chester. They desired to reach this community. And just, just by a show of hands, I, first service we had a handful, but just by a show of hands, how many of you guys, anybody here that was here in 1975 when they did that? Anybody here? Anybody? Anyone? No one. So all, all of our first, all the more spiritual people in first service, just kidding. I'm just kidding. You guys are awesome. All right. They, they had a real concern for the people, uh, so they desired to reach the community. But again, in 1993, what was going on? You can still see that old church on Happy Hill Road, okay? It's out there. And what was going on is, is they, were, they were growing and they needed to expand, but the land, they were kind of landlocked. And so they decided to step out in faith again to move forward. And they decided to sell that property out there. They bought this property back then, but they didn't build. They just started meeting the schools. They, they became a mobile church. And listen, I've got a lot of friends that I went to school with that are church planters. And they are mobile churches. And they tell me, man, it is hard. They were a mobile church. Chester Christian Church was a mobile church for like 13, 14 years. And that's hard on your volunteers, man, when you've got to uh, pack up and load up and set up. and all. These, that's hard work. But for 14 years, they sacrificed, and they did it. They stepped out. They moved forward because they wanted to reach more people with the gospel, and they grew during that time. Finally, in 2006, uh, they stepped out, and they moved in faith again, and they built the current facility that we're in today. And uh, it has been used over the last, how many ever years that is? I can't, nine years almost, uh, to, to do ministry, to reach out in the community, and to, to, to just continue to move forward. And God wants his people to continue to move forward. Helen Keller was once asked, is there anything worse than being blind? She said, oh yes, it's being able to see, but, but having no vision. Vision is simply a clear picture of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it should be. See, vision is being able to see where you want to go, and then the conviction 
to be able to get there, fueled by the conviction to get there. Uh, Walt Disney did not live to see Disney World completed, but at the dedication of the park, someone said to his widow, I wish Walt could have seen this. And she responded, he did. He did, because he had the vision to see it. I want you to know that we are centrally located here at Chester Christian Church. Man, there are three major apartment complexes within walking distance of this building. Hyde Park, Ashton Creek, and Chester Townhomes. We, we've already began to build a relationship with Hyde Park, man. We've, we've got a relationship with the management there. We, we, we are in there. We do block parties. Uh, we do summer activities. Uh, we are beginning to build relationships with the families and the kids. But I want you to imagine the opportunity to minister to young families, to single parents and moms and dads, and to at-risk kids. Listen, we've had the opportunity over the last couple months to, to attend some of these poverty forums that they've been having, like at Thomasdale High School and different things like that. And I'm going to tell you something, man. The poverty here in Chesterfield County is unbelievable. You would not believe the kids that are at risk that go to school every single day, man, that just don't have the resources that some other people do. They, 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 they lack in reading skills. They lack in all kinds of these different things. And listen, we have an opportunity, man, to come alongside of them and to do something about it. Listen, I just, just dream with me for a second. I, I dream of, of the time, man, when we can actually... Uh, I would love for us to be able to actually get a unit in one of those apartment complexes and do ministry out of it, to be able to do after-school tutoring and after-school reading programs, right? How awesome would that be? How awesome would it be to, to, to minister to the single moms and dads, to be able to provide not only for their physical need, man, but to come alongside of them and then also provide for their spiritual need, which is the most important need, and to share the gospel with them. Man, we, we are so uh, close to how many elementary schools, man? Like, we, we are... You know, Wells right down, just right like a, like a par five, maybe. I don't know, something like that. And then you got Curtis, and then you got Harrogate. You know, we're already involved in Harrogate Elementary. We've got a lot of our folks that are involved there. We've built relationships with teachers and staff. Miss Taffy is on staff there. If you don't know Miss Taffy, man, she's an amazing woman. She does so much for that school. And she shared with me a few weeks ago, I was there mentoring with, with my little kid. And she said, Aaron... She said, every time that uh, I think of an idea or I think of a need, uh, your church is always the first church that comes to my mind because you guys are involved. You guys are doing that. And listen, we need to step that up. We can do that. We, we, we can do those things, man. There's, there's opportunities out there. And I want you to understand that as we continue to do ministry, as we continue to, to reach out, man, our church is going to grow. Our church is going to grow. And, and more and more people are going to come to know Jesus and I want you to know, man, that right now our children's ministry, uh, Lynette, man, she does a great job with our children's ministry. Uh, she, she is just passionate about kids. She's passionate about partnering with parents to share the gospel with them. But I want you to know, man, in our second service right now, uh, we have some classrooms that are packed out. We have some classrooms that are packed out. I mean, like, uh, you go back there, man, you got kids that are smushed up against the, the glass. And they're like, ah, you know what I mean? It's like crazy looking, right? I mean, it's, seriously, but, but here's the thing. What I want you to know is that's a good thing. That's, a good, that's why last week, man, we, we encouraged people to, man, if you're able, if you've got a family and you're able to come to first service and free up some space in our second service, that would be awesome. But we've already begun to think, man, vision, what, what can we do to free up space right now? We've got two classrooms, two classrooms left that aren't currently being used for classroom space. Although last week we used one of those classrooms uh, for classroom space, and, and we, we, need, we needed every bit of it. Right, and that's a good thing. That's a good problem. We want to continue to, to see that happen. All right? But eventually we're going to need uh, to create more space down the road. We're going to need more volunteers, more volunteers to step up and to, to, to give time and energy to our children's ministry. 
Tell you, man, Lynette's doing a great job. She's doing a great job. If you don't know Lynette, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, hey, one of the things that we've started doing, and I got this, this was not an original idea for me. I actually saw another church doing it, and I was like, I like that. So we stole it. Uh, but it's all right. It's a good steal. It's, 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 it's all right. It's the name of Jesus, right? So, so here's what we did. So here's what we've done. In, in our office, man, we, we started putting names on the walls of people who have given their life to Jesus, who have surrendered to him, placed their faith in him, been baptized, all that stuff. We started putting their names on the wall because every single week we want to be reminded about what our purpose here. Listen, I love what Chad said, man. Make much of Jesus in that video, right? Make much of Jesus, reach people with the gospel. That, that's our goal. That's our purpose. That's why we're here, all right? And so we're constantly reminded about that. We pray. These are the names. I took a picture of it. These are the names so far this year that have given their life to Christ, man. Now listen, our vision, our preferred future is this. I want to see that many names on the wall, right? and much, much more. And those names aren't just names, but they represent a person. They represent a soul. They represent somebody who's going to spend eternity either in heaven with God and Jesus, or they're going to spend eternity in hell away from God and Jesus. I mean, that's, 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 my, that's, that's my neighbor. That's, that's my, my sons. I wrote Jude and Shepherd's name up there because my desire is to see them come to know Jesus. That's your kid, that's your husband, that's your wife, that's your coworker, that's your neighbor. Man, we just got to think about that and just be as passionate about that as, as God is and to see people come to know Jesus. Amen? Amen? All right, all right. I'm fired up, man. You guys good? All right. Let's, let's. All right, so we have the opportunity to do something significant that has eternal impact, to give something that is just greater than ourselves, and that's the evangelization of the lost here in Chester, and reaching people with, the Jesus, with Jesus. So let's, not, let's focus on the vision, not the obstacles. But we also learn that we need to confront our fears and not run from them. Now listen, man, I don't think it's wrong for people to express their apprehensions. If I had been one of the Israelites in that day, I would have, I would have had some hesitation too. I'd have been like, wait, what's going to happen if I get killed? What's going to happen to my kids if I get killed in battle? You know, what, 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 all these different things are going on. What if the Canaanites... What if the Canaanites have a God that is more powerful than Jehovah? I mean, there were some rumors going around about Moses' character, by the way. Did you know that? There, there were some rumors about Moses' character before he became a leader. Like, like I'd heard, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I heard that Moses actually lost his temper one time, and he actually killed an Egyptian. Did you know that? I heard that. I, I, I also heard that Moses was just a mere shepherd before God called him. A shepherd. I mean, what, what does a shepherd know about battle? What does a shepherd know about killing giants? Well, I guess David proved that wrong because he killed a giant, right? But, but, but that, those were the rumors, man. One of the rumors was I heard that, that, that God had to kind of twist Moses' arm at the burning bush, that Moses really didn't want to lead, but God had to twist his arm at the burning bush. So, so the question is, is how can we really conquer a land of giants with such a reluctant and imperfect leader? See, listen, there's nothing wrong with having fears, but if we allow our fears to, to paralyze our faith, that's where, we, that's, where we, that's where we go wrong. But we need to confront our fears. You know, I told the first service, my wife, she has a, uh, a fear of bridges. I don't know if anybody else here has a fear of bridges or not, but she is terrified of bridges. First time we, we came here to Chester, we were uh, coming from um, out that way, the, the, what is it, east? 
Yeah, well, eastern part of the state, because we'd been out there for a convention. And so we were coming to Chester, and we had literally just switched driving. Like, she was driving, switched like 10 or 15 minutes before we hit that 895 bridge, right? And when we hit that thing, man, Robin's face was like, <laughs> She's like, man, I'm so glad, so glad that we switched when we did. I mean, she has a fear of, she's, she's terrified of bridges. And so a couple of years ago, she was with Betsy Wheeler, uh, Neil, Neil Wheeler's youngest daughter, and uh, they were driving, uh, and, and they were going across the Delaware Memorial Bridge. I don't know if you've ever seen that bridge before. Now, it's a massive bridge. Betsy said, listen, Robin, you are going to overcome your fear today. Robin's like, what? <laughs> you know? So she made Robin drive across that bridge, and I think she said they went like five miles an hour across that bridge. It took them like three hours. <laughs> screaming. Robin was screaming, right? And so, but here's the thing, man. She, over, she faced her fears. She overcame that fear. And here's what I want you to know. Listen, I, I've only been, I have only been your lead pastor for a few months. And I want to just be honest, man, this is a whole new ballgame for me. I have never done anything like this, man. I too, like Moses, uh, have fears, but I want you to know that I believe that our God is bigger and he is faithful even when I'm not. Amen. 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 I want you to know that my confidence is not in myself, but my confidence is in Jesus Christ and what he's done. Now, I've never been a good fundraiser person. I've never been a good salesperson, right? Just ask my mom because when I was little and we played like uh, t-ball, baseball, whatever, we had to sell those boxes of candy bars. Remember that? You guys remember that? And I would come home, right, and I just, I just, I was not very good at it. I wasn't a very good salesperson. And so my mom would end up taking them to work and she would sell them for me. I was good at eating them. Right? I, could eat, I could eat the mess out of them, you know what I mean? But, but I tell you, man, it's not a good set. Now, Arthur Smith, I said that, oh, he's a good seller. If you guys know Arthur Smith, that dude can sell anything. He can sell you beachfront property in Montana. I'm not kidding. All right? He is good, right? So, but I'm just not that good. I'm not a good salesman. All right? But, but here, here's what I want you to know, man. I may not be a good fundraiser. I may not be a good salesperson. But I am confident and passionate in leading this congregation to make, make much of Jesus in our community, and it begins with the MOVE campaign. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what, I, that's what, I, that's what I'm about, man. It's just it's leading us to make much of Jesus. I'm confident that God is at work. As, as leaders and as staff, we've been praying constantly for this thing, and we're, just, we're confident that God is at work. Now, listen, I've heard comments, man. I've heard some good comments. I've heard people say uh, over the last few months, man, there's an excitement and a buzz going around that people are just really feeling the spirit. People are like, man, God is moving in this place. And, uh, man, I just think it's, it's, it's great. I think it's great. But I think it would be good for us to take a moment and can just confront some of our fears that we might be having. Like one fear we might, might have is, man, what if, we, what if we don't reach our goal of $350,000? That's legitimate, man. What, what happens if we fail? What happens if, if I stick my neck out there and we fall short of this goal and it's just, we'd be bad? But let me say this, man. Our focus is on the vision regardless of the amount of money we raise. Uh, if we get $350,000, man, praise God. If we get $650,000, man, he will just blow our expectations out of the water. If someone here just wants to cut us a check for $2 million right now, <laughs> listen, I will, I will order Chipotle, man, and we'll just celebrate all day long. All right? I, I'm not Hallelujah. But here's the thing, man. Here's what I want you to know. But whatever the amount, whatever the yeah, it just won't clear, right? So, yeah, that's what Noah Jesse says. <clears throat> but what... Whatever the amount, whatever the amount is, we still believe God's vision for Chester Christian is to move forward and reach lost people for Jesus. 
And we want to do that any way we possibly can. We want to be passionate about pursuing that. So regardless of the amount, man, whatever it is, it's going to help us reduce our monthly mortgage, and that's going to be a good thing. Another fear is that the economy will collapse, or I I might lose my job. Listen, there's always, always a fear that we might lose our job. Nobody's job is secure. The economy is it's not like, man, the economy is going to be great forever. You know, we, just, you know, we don't know. But I believe that God is bigger than our economy. He has promised in his word that he's going to take care of us. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, don't be anxious about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food? Is it not more than clothing? Look at the birds, man. I take care of them. They gather in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? I love what Corey Tim Boone said. He said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your understanding. We've got to trust in the Lord. We've got to move in His power and His resources, which leads us to another lesson we learn from the Israelites, and that is to trust in God's power, not our own resources. The Israelites trusted in their own power. And it just baffles me, right? I read their, their history, and I think about how quickly and, and, and easily they forgot God. But then I think, wait a minute, I'm the same way, right? Because I, I sit there, that's, that's why we constantly are telling you, man, we've got to preach this message to ourselves every day. The gospel has to be implanted in us because we'll walk out of here, man. Tomorrow we'll get discouraged and we'll get down. We'll start questioning. It just happens. And so they, just, they forgot how easily they forgot. God's demonstration of his power, the parting of the Red Sea, the food, his constant presence. I mean, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. How awesome would that have been? God's presence right there. But instead of trusting in God, man, they trusted in their own resources, and it says they felt like grasshoppers. Felt like grasshoppers. And when Moses told the people that God's judgment on them uh, was for them to wander in the desert for 40 years, they started to change their tune a little bit. It's almost like, you know, when your kids get in trouble, you know, if you've been warning them like a bazillion times, like, okay, this is it. You know, you're, you're getting punished for this. They begin to change their tune, right? Oh, I'll do it now, Mommy, Daddy. I'll do it now, right? It's like, I'll do it. Wait, well, don't punish me. But it was too late. They, they said, oh, we realized, uh, chapter 14, they said, oh, we realized we were wrong. Let us go now. Let's go take the land. And then Moses says in 1441, Moses said, are you out of your mind? You can't go up and take this land now. You will not succeed. The Lord is not with you. But they went anyway. And in verse 44 it says that neither the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God's presence, nor Moses departed out of the camp. And it says that the Amalekites and the Canaanites that lived in the hill country came down and they defeated them and they pursued them. You see, they had to go in the Lord's power in the Lord's time or it wouldn't work. We have to trust in God's timing, in God's power. That's why we're asking you guys to commit to uh, 30 minutes of prayer on Commitment Weekend. It's May 1st, Friday, May 1st. You walked in, you may have seen the big uh, easel there with the uh, 24-hour prayer vigil. Man, we're asking you to just sign up for 24-hour, 24-hour. You can pray for 24 hours, by all means. But sign up for 30-minute slots to to fill the 24-hour prayer vigil. Man, it's going to be kid-friendly. Bring your kids here. Uh, the building is going to be open all night long. We'll have security for that. And it's just going to be a, a good time of prayer. And so we encourage you guys to please go out there. There will be black sharpies on the information desk. Sign up your name, email address. It would be great. Because we've got to go in God's power and strength. 
Now, I want you to be encouraged this morning. I want you to know that I believe that God is moving in this place. We've already had folks who didn't even know that much about MOVE campaign who have been given to the MOVE campaign already. Like, that's awesome. There, there's a team of people who have already dedicated and sacrificed time and energy and money to put together material and mailings, events, attend meetings, because they believe that God is moving in this place. You have an incredible leadership team and staff that is unified and dedicated to seeing people being reached for the gospel. With an amazing facility like this, where people can worship, hear the gospel message, hear the truth, to worship, sing, to be encouraged, to build community, to allow other, other, there are so many people in our community that use our facility during the week. I don't know if you know that or not. But there are other people that come in and we open our building up to the community because we want to expose people to our building. We want people to see the facility. We want people to say, hey man, we, we come to church here. I don't know. But we want to be committed to seeing lives changed and transformed. I love the videos, man. I love that. You're going to be seeing videos like that every single week. People whose lives have been changed and who have been impacted here at Chester Christian Church because of what God is doing. Now listen, this MOVE campaign, this $350,000, it may sound outrageous. It may sound outrageous. You may say, this is crazy. This is outrageous. But let me tell you something. Forty years later, the children of Israel came back to the promised land. And God said, I want you to march around the city one time for seven days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times and blow your trumpets. And that sounds outrageous, right? It's crazy. March around the city seven times, blow my trumpets. That's outrageous. But they did. And the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. And they were able to conquer that city. The people fled and they conquered that city. I want you to know that God did something else that was outrageous. Over 2,000 years ago, God came down and he put on flesh and he lived on this earth. It's outrageous. What God would do that? A God that is passionately wanting to pursue a relationship with you. Because our sin has separated us. So Jesus came and he died on the cross for your sins, for my sins. And all he asks of us is just to surrender our lives to him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for stories like this, examples, Father, that we can learn from. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you came down. God, that you have given us the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray now as we continue to worship that your spirit would just continue to move. God, that you would continue to convict us but we need to be convicted, God, that we would surrender. God, that we would not be ashamed. That we would not think, what are people going to think about me? Because, God, it doesn't matter. You know it anyways. You know what we're thinking. There's nothing to hide. Father, help us to trust in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Every week, man, we just give you the opportunity. We're going to have.